Hey everyone, I'm Meghna Mantha, the co-founder of Teen Chapter. Uh, at Teen Chapter, we feature teen startups, youth-led organizations, and teen entrepreneurs. And today on the conversation, we have uh, Gauri Nimbalkar, the founder of Association for YWB, and Palak Khanna, the founder of Break the Ice organization. Hi, Gauri, and hi, Palak. How are you doing? We are doing well. Thank you for asking. <laughs> hi, Meghna. Hi, Palak. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. Um, hope you're doing well too. Yes, I'm. I'm doing great. Um, so without any further ado, let's get into the conversation and everything. So, um, Gauri, would you like to uh, talk a bit about your organization? How did you start? How did you get the idea and all? Yeah, sure. So, um, I think the whole concept of the Association for Youth Wellbeing also known as YWB. I think the whole concept just emerged when uh, the pandemic started. And so I just saw that a lot of my friends who were really, really active and always were like, you know, happy and playful were like the same people who never spoke out in online class or like they started talking. When I asked them what's up, they just told me that um, they're not feeling really good. And then I I thought something was fishy for sure. And mental health is not something uh, that has been discussed in very frequently where I am from. I'm from Bangalore, by the way. And also the fact that uh, it's not just your mental health, it's also like your physical health, it's also like the environment that you're living in and all of these different intersections that lead to your uh, well-being. So at that point of time, I think when I started YWB, I was just 14 years old and I, did not know what I knew. I knew mental health. I had heard of it, but I really didn't know what it was. I knew it had to do something with your brain or something like that. Um, but then I started to read more articles and do my research, and then I found out okay, there's something called mental health, and then I found out there's something called well-being, and then I found out about the seven different aspects of well-being. Um, slowly, I also figured out that you know, uh, after working with the United Nations, I came to a conclusion that okay. So change is intersectional. So you want to work in any sector or even just to advance well-being. You need to advance every other sector that connects well-being to it. Because if you, when there's no equality in other sectors, there's no equality in well-being. So the whole aim of Association for Youth Well-Being is just to associate with fellow organizations and um, fellow youth, especially underrepresented minorities from India. Um, and to, you know, just advance well-being and tell them the different intersections of well-being, tell them the importance of it, and also um, do all of this youth-led, you know, because it has to be youth-centered when you're doing it for youth. And I think that you both would definitely relate to that because both of you run youth organizations. Um, so that is what YWB is about. And yeah, so in short, we're just an international organization working with um, members of government, UN entities, um, also young people, global youth, academicians, and entrepreneurs, such as the both of you. That, that's such a good description about your organization. Um, that reminds me of uh, this thing, you know, when I was in high school, I didn't know what mental health was. But when this pandemic started and online education, you know, it was on the rise. That is when I understood about mental health and uh, the kinds of mental uh, uh, problems people face and it's completely normal to uh, talk about your mental health and everything 
right um going uh, forward to palak uh, hi palak do you want to talk a bit about your organization break the ice because what you're doing is also pretty interesting okay thank you so break the ice if i put it in two words is an international youth organization working towards discussing all things taboo and helping in creating an enlightened global youth community that is our basic aim and we believe that once we provide that safe space where everyone can talk about anything that they want maybe anonymously if they wish to they will be able to indulge in open dialogue and discussion and ultimately we will grow as a society and that is the aim of our organization and we recently became a un sds and youth member organization which you know the moment gauri mentioned united nations i remember that and that is definitely an achievement and we work with organizations we cater to the youth from 13 to 20 the age range is very big because you know team members are from across five countries and from range you know age ranges from 13 to 25 so we thought that if we expand that age bracket then we'll be able to cater to more people so it is youth based but we are always open to people who want to be enlightened ultimately right first of all congratulations uh, for your uh, major achievement of becoming a the member and um, yeah so gauri i have a question for you so you have mentioned about un and uh, i also saw your profile it is such an amazing profile you're a girl leader at un you're 15 years old and you're doing and you're connected with um, uh, all uh, government officials or pol- politicians and everybody like higher officials and um i would like to know how did you achieve uh, so many things at such a young age and how uh, and a follow up question to that is um, your journey to the un um okay so i think just to like address the um question where you said like at such a young at such a young age i'm like um you know engaged with government officials and un to be very honest with you i think i never saw me uh, well i knew i would do anything to like create a huge a huge impact because i wanted to bring about that change and i really wanted to do that uh, but i didn't know it would happen this soon and also i think um to answer your main question how like just my journey when i started out when i started with ywb i was 14 and it was 2020 um and now it's 2022 so i think it's almost like been one year we recently celebrated our first birthday and um then i just started it with my uh, classmates like i started it alone and then i just told everyone i'm doing this i'm starting an initiative a non-profit if someone wants to help then just hit me up and i'd love to have you on board and then i had my a few of my classmates they all were so excited because the whole idea of a non-profit for them was just they didn't know what a non-profit was <laughs> and then i had to tell them what it was and they were super excited and very supportive um and then we started with our very first event it was like for over 400 schools in bangalore it was our launch event where we had um the bangalore sahodia school complex uh sent all of their schools and the whole session was just a free webinar for students to learn about um suicide prevention and how to deal with depression and stress especially during the covid-19 virus um pandemic so that's how it started and then going forward uh we continued the advocacy work and then uh, i became a part of the generation equality forum which is a forum 
hosted, which was a forum hosted by the uh, by UN Women. And gradually, I started getting more engaged with UN Women, and they started inviting me to their um, regional dialogues, where I also spoke as an adolescent panelist. And then I and then I really didn't know where it would go. But then one random day, I just opened my inbox, and then I see um, you are invited to speak with the Ministry of Youth Affairs, and I'm like, is this a spam mail? <laughs> so that was my initial reaction. And even now, like, and even sends me an invite that's still my reaction because I'm still like getting used sometimes it really gets really overwhelming um but I think it's important to embrace where you're going and I've also like been um you know given hate by many people so I think it's also important to take that up as constructive criticism um even if you think it's hate and then you go forward and just embrace it. And after that, I think with UN Women, I gradually started working with them. And now I'm with them. Um, I'm a girl leader for UN Women, which means I engage in their uh, trainings that they have for girl leaders. And we also have like CSW coming up next. Um, so CSW is this huge forum that's hosted by UN Women every year. So CSW 66 is this year and it's a huge deal. So yeah, currently working on that. <laughs> We're having like regional consultations and everything. So that's what's happening. But this is my journey so far. And um, yeah, I hope that answered your follow-up question too. Yeah, I definitely did. It's an inspiring journey, you know, but uh, the main thing that always uh, strikes me is young people. You know, a lot of people don't have uh, such opportunities at a global level, but you being a teenager, you know, from India and working with the UN, it's such an uh, inspiring journey and you are an inspiration yeah. to a lot of people <laughs> for sure. Um, and yeah, yeah um, I think I just want to like add on to that. As you said, that's really, really true because I've seen that a lot of the other developed countries um, have United Nations delegate programs for high school students or for people who are under the age of 18 or just like for um, youth in general. But India does not have any such program and we don't have applications or a direct ticket to where you can, you know, just apply and get in. And um, most of the time, people who want to make an impact want to work with the UN because they know that working with the UN and its entities will uh, help them, you know, like expand their network and uh, make a bigger impact. And making a bigger impact will in turn affect the society positively. So it's always coming from a good place. But um, I think this is something that definitely we're working on, which is why, like, we also have the Adults and Girl Advisory Board. And that's going to be the first in India where young girls actually have an opportunity to apply. And it's going to be for like 18, 19 years uh, till age. So everyone can apply. So this is the first time that it's happening. Otherwise, there is no way where there's like a delegate program that we can apply or anything. It's always just like through influence, they see your work and then they call you. So yeah, that's not fair, actually speaking, because maybe someone's doing more better work than I am, but their work isn't getting recognized because of this person who hasn't seen them. So like, yeah, definitely there is a need for those kind of structured programs to come in place. Definitely. I do hope uh, more opportunities and 
such programs at global level, not only UN, but other global organizations, uh, they recognize the youth potential here as well and provide opportunities to youth here. Um, so Palak, I have an interesting question for you. Um, so, you know, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So whenever I open the app, I first see that Palak Khanna posted something, Palak Khanna wrote something. So would you like to talk about, um, uh, I mean, your journey to how, like every day you post something or the other, right? Like you're very active on LinkedIn. Uh, so can you uh, tell a bit about what kind of content do you write on LinkedIn and how, uh, and what is your like idea behind it of writing every day and reaching out to people? And I also see you interacting with a lot of um, entrepreneurs and industry professionals and all, and you post all of that on LinkedIn saying it was an honor to talk with them and all. Uh, so would you like to talk about, a bit about that? Okay, so basically the idea is to network because networking is something which is a skill that everyone should learn. And optimizing LinkedIn is something I learned in this program that I got selected in. It's, it was called the Cohort Collective Program. That's also on my LinkedIn actually. So we learned on that program um, how to optimize your LinkedIn account, how to become a better person overall, because once you network, it will definitely grow your network, but ultimately it is utilizing that network and growing as a person. So that is the idea behind posting every day. And um, yeah, so the program inspired me. And I talk to uh, entrepreneurs and everyone, not only to encourage them, but also through my content. So my content revolves around everything related to motivation, mental health. Again, you know, um, through Break the Ice, I'm trying to bring awareness about these topics. And through my LinkedIn, I'm trying to create a network which is encouraging these topics so that both of them are aligned and both of them help society in some way possible. So that's the idea. And yes, very interesting question. <laughs> okay because i i have a lot to learn from you definitely i mean the way you're scaling uh, your organization and uh, the way you interact with a lot of people in your domain and people outside your domain uh, there's definitely so much to learn from you um and yeah so recently you know we've all attended uh, the youth summit which was organized by gori it was such an amazing summit. Uh, we have met so many cool people, interesting, insightful. We had insightful discussions there. Um, so Gauri, how did you um, uh, get the idea of starting like starting the summit, calling people? And not, you didn't call like uh, expected people, you know? When I saw all those posters, like mayor is coming, New Zealand mayor is coming, and a politician is coming, a UN official is coming. I was like, really? A 15-year-old is calling all these people for the summit. So would you like to talk a bit about how you call these people, a bit about your um, the summit journey from the start to end? Yeah, sure. I think this is like a very nice question uh, because I've never said it out loud, but it's like I always think of, whenever I think of the summit, I think of its journey from the beginning. Because um, we even though we had the summit in December, We've been thinking about it like ever since January of, um, not January, ever since 2020, ever since YWB was formed. Because the whole idea of YWB was to um, promote all the aspects of well-being. And one of the things that one of, and we had like planned out activities for each aspect or like 
at least some of the main aspects that we found were helpful and one of it was social well-being and we thought a great way to advance social well-being would to, would be to have a summit and obviously at that time ywb was small it was a very small organization and today we've grown tremendously but that's only through the connections we've made and the interactions that we've made so very grateful for that but initially we we just were a small organization uh, when we started and i remember thinking to myself how crazy would it be if we would like actually have diplomats and and like global health professionals and members of parliaments in this summit and i didn't even know exactly what i was thinking but i knew that it would be like a closed exclusive event where we would have young people primarily as the drivers of the protest and this was in 2020 and gradually um, we decided to have it at the end of 2021 so that we'd have we'd have time to like shortlist who we're going to invite because we just didn't want to randomly send out cold emails so we actually made a list of who we're going to invite and only selected people were invited and so we made the list and every month we would invite a few people so that's how it happened and in the end of uh, the generation equality forum we were actually approved as uh, official commitment makers to the gef so let me explain that a little bit so an a commitment maker to the generation equality forum uh, that was held by un women is someone who is an organization or some kind of institution or a group who are willing to make a specific commitment and when it is approved by un women you're supposed to complete the commitment and like submit the report to them on how the commitment went so we saw we also made a few commitments and it was approved officially and so we saw that as an opportunity to also include our summit in that so it was a part of the summit was a part of our commitment to the jeff um and from then on we also had like uh, extra support from un women and all our colleagues from other organizations and networks like plan international and so they all also definitely helped us spread the word and then uh, yeah and then we just had the summit and the and the funny thing is that um, when you said like you know the mayor of new zealand and all of that so we definitely were looking for like cultural and generational diversity because we wanted different generations of people um and so we also wanted them to be from different continents and mayor paula southgate is someone who i really really admired i love she, the way she is you know just her personality the person she is such a strong leader and so the last time i interacted with her um i realized that you know like I, we should get we should i read about her and i was like okay she should be on this summit and so that's what happened and then also we had daniel delvar um so that's more, all of them were like people who we knew that we had connections with and we wish other youth leaders knew them and so that's why we brought them to the summit so that's how it went i'm so fortunate to be part of the summit you know i actually got to know about the summit uh, through palak um, she told to me and it's been a great uh, i mean thanks to you palak for telling me about the summit it's so good to be part of such a uh, great youth summit and interacting uh, with youth entrepreneurs and change makers so um i have a common question for both of you so what do you think about the opportunities that are provided to youth nowadays in india and how can it be improved uh, and uh, how can 
we make sure that the opportunities reach to people who are from uh, not only tier one cities but also tier two and tier three cities. So, what do you think uh, the government or the youth nowadays can do to make sure that uh, the opportunities, either in whatever industry it could be, it could be tech industry or the social industry. So. How can we work towards providing such uh, opportunities and make sure that they reach out to uh, people who are from different corners of the world? So I believe that the opportunities are definitely limited if we talk about India, but you you have to work for it. So yeah, I can give the example of Gauri Itza. She's quite young that way. And I'll give her example because she's very inspirational. So you have to work to you know, get that opportunity and the and make the most out of it, basically. But the opportunities are definitely limited. And, um, but I also believe that we are progressing as a community and as a society, because there are so many entrepreneurship programs through the government itself, which are growing and which are emerging. And I do believe that they'll be something very big in the coming future. And it'll inspire a lot of young change makers and young entrepreneurs. So yeah, that's my take on it. Yeah, I think I completely agree with Palak. And also that the opportunities are really, really limited, um, let alone for adults. Like, I mean, let alone for youth, like even adults I've seen are struggling um, in today's time to like get that perfect opportunity. So definitely we are progressing, as she said. Um, and yeah, I think it's important to make the most of what you have and what institutions and governmental government bodies can do to work on that is definitely they I think they should come up with an accountability framework um, to keep intact the existing um, you know programs that they have because I feel like there are so many programs that so many people are confused what they should go for and most of them aren't even functioning properly and most of them don't even have a proper website or like a place where they can reach out like a helpline there's nothing of that sort. So there's nothing to keep them accountable. So the government's just saying, we're doing this, we're doing this, but there's no accountability. So there's this gap between the people and between citizens and the government that we need that interaction. We need that communication. And I think to fill that communication gap, it's also important, as I was saying before, to have youth engagement, um, especially for young people, as you mentioned. We need to have like youth bodies, you know, um, I recently heard from someone from Bhutan who was saying that they have a youth parliament, but the drawback is that everything that the youth does is nothing for the youth. It's just youth opinions for decisions make, that's being made for the adults. So we could also maybe, if we are forming a youth body, then take suggestions and um, you know take note of the experiences that people have gone through in other youth bodies and other nations. So constituting a body is really important because we don't have anything like a parliament made of only young people. We have a ministry of youth affairs and sports, but uh, that is that does not contain young people in it. So they're making decisions for young people without young people. That, and that's also YWB's motto. It's nothing about youth without youth. So it has to be like, if it's our decisions, we need to have a say at what we're going to do. And it's Again, we cannot be tokenized in that process. This happened during the Generation Equality Forum. Young people were invited, and then they were not given a chance to speak even after they went to the forum because um, 
they, there was a lack of time and they were not prioritized. So we don't want that to happen, right? Even when they constitute a body, it's important to have um, an accountability framework that will keep them, that will hold them accountable if anything goes wrong. Wonderful uh, suggestions by both of you. And uh, I do think it is important for every person in the country or in, even if you take like a smaller uh, place, like a college or a university, where people together can work towards forming such youth bodies and making sure that uh, they um, bridge the communication gap between the global organizations and to the student body in the college. You know, when you start small, that ultimately uh, gives big results or immense results. So yeah, that is my take on this. And um, I have uh, the the next thing I wanted to ask you is uh, what uh, kind of impact are you ultimately creating through your organization? Oh, anyone can go first. Okay, so I think I'll go first. In terms of quantity, we have reached more than sixteen thousand people through our organization and the, the platform that we provide. And we've expanded our team to 35 plus change makers from across five countries. In terms of qualitative, we have seen people in our community, in the small community that we've formed in you know, 90 days of, organ, of forming the organization, uh, a better communication, which is the basic aim, you know, uh, communication, understanding that taboos should not exist you know there is nothing called a taboo because all the topics which are considered taboo are essential and important so that understanding has grown and it's it's a pleasure to see that because you see that okay the organization is turning towards a success and a positive change in society so yeah that's it yeah i think um by the way Palak, that's just amazing um, and as you said, like taboo should not be a thing because everything that's a taboo is something that's naturally meant to be normalized. So yeah, great work. And I think uh, speaking of YWB, our impact has mainly been to show that, uh, show India's regional diversity at a global level, um, especially at scene. And even now when I, when I go to any of my, any of our UN women meetings, I'm either one of one of the two uh, brown girls or just the only person representing India who is a young person. And so I think that regional diversity is something that YWB has really, really represented. So next time, um, it's usually like when you go to UN Women meetings, someone says YWB, they know that it's an Indian youth-led organization because that's how we represent ourselves. I think that impact has been really, really strong for us at the global level because um, you don't see that kind of representation at all in just your everyday um, entity meetings or something like that. Um, and besides that, just speaking of the work that we've done, I think our impact is mainly has mainly been educating um, young people and children. Until now, I think we've impacted about um, 10,000 young people within India and um, all the other nations. Um, it could be directly and indirectly, but it's mainly through our sessions that we have um, and also through our advocacy groups that we've been having 
an association with uh, other organizations, other youth-led organizations. So yeah, that's that's basically the impact we've had. But I would say more than just the education sessions, our impact has mainly mainly been to uh, represent Indian communities and Indian youth in these forums because we're really really pushing forward to having these opportunities and having youth bodies in India because it is there in the ECA region. It's there in Eastern Central Asia. It's there in Europe. It's there everywhere, almost everywhere. But it isn't in. It's not there in India. And I feel like Indians make up most of the world's population after China, obviously. But I feel like we really deserve to have that youth representation. So definitely that impact. You guys have amazing numbers. You know, when you guys were telling about the number of people you have impacted, uh, that I, I could understand the amount of work you guys are doing. Um, but I do believe that beyond numbers, you have a story to tell and you have uh, the when people you know they tell about their stories and everything you have something to uh, impact for and definitely education is something because education is the first and foremost thing on any issue people need to be educated uh, it's really great and uh, my final question we're definitely running out of time but my final question is um, how do you guys manage your school or college work along with doing um, along with running a successful organization um okay i'll go first so i think um for me it's just mainly taking time for yourself when you when you just know when you start to feel like you're going to feel burned out then just stop and uh, take a break and do something for yourself and it doesn't have to be like you're going to take a break from your organization and study or you're going to take a break from your studying and then do your organization's work you just need to take a break from everything and maybe just watch netflix or youtube if you want that's also okay but just take a break taking a break is really really important and after you take a break i promise you you will be able to work like 10 times more productively so for me personally that's what has that is what has worked and also, um, this might sound like a really cliched statement, but making a schedule helps, but also you'll have to follow the schedule. If you're a procrastinator, sometimes then it might not work. Um, but also for me, I don't make a schedule because for me, the timings might not match based on what I've, what I've expected. So I just uh, do a, make a to-do list where I just note down the things that I'm supposed to do for the day and I do it when I feel like doing it. I might just all cram it up together, but I'll finish it by the end of the day. So that's how I make sure to complete my work and then I will relax. So yeah, it's like hustle hard and then yeah, relax. Honestly, I have a similar practice. I always make to-do lists and they are very, you know, practical to-do lists for the day so that I don't just put everything that I have, you know, deadlines and assignments approaching. I put everything that I know I can finish in a day because that gives me a kind of motivation that I did all the work that I, you know, thought of doing. And I don't keep schedules. I don't keep time for, you know, have to put one hour every day for my organization. No, it's just simply whenever I want to, whenever I feel like I need to give time, I just give time. And I do have a lot of simultaneous things going like, there are too many things which I am into, but I'm just able to manage it, thankfully. Yeah, yeah. I think one more last thing that I just want to put in there 
is that if you if you're into some kind of hobby that will really that you relax then just do it because for me it's singing and i actually sometimes pity my neighbors because i just start singing really loudly <laughs> and then i'm just wondering can my neighbors hear me but yeah they probably can but they don't really say anything so i just sing when i'm stressed so you can maybe find your thing and do that as usual there's so much to learn from both of you um even if i question myself of how i manage both uh well i do not <laughs> because uh being part like being like the first year student at university you have so much work on your head we have to do research papers and everything so it is definitely very hard to manage uh now but as palak said even i don't put one or two hours a day just for my organization it's just uh whenever i feel like doing there are times when i did not want to do my college work but i wanted to focus on my organization for the entire day and uh, there are times when i didn't want to like focus but focus on my college work instead so definitely taking breaks is very important third case there are also times when i took breaks did not do anything <laughs> so yeah um, it we have come to the end of the conversation and i totally enjoyed and loved talking to both of you i know it had been a tiny conversation but uh, it had been very insightful i've learned so much from you very inspiring journeys um, and i wish good luck for your future endeavors and uh, good luck to the good luck to your organization thank you megna you're a wonderful host and great work on this podcast um, i love being on this panel with uh, alok especially she's such a sweet person so this is an honor thank you likewise thank you so much i feel like all of us are such like minded people and you can see that in our yes. work also i know right and in our conversations i truly i'm just so thankful thank you for having us thank you for having us it's my pleasure thank you for being here